Welcome to another episode of And Another Thing, the podcast that continues to set records around the world. And then, as we always do, we break those records. My name is Jody Jenkins. My name is Tony Clement. We have a wonderful episode today. Very excited to get to it. Uh, but of course, right off the top, we got to thank all our sponsors. And Tony and I had a chance to speak with our presenting sponsor, uh, John Mutton, the other day on the golf course, which was a lot of fun. He called in while we were playing, so we had a good chat with him. And yeah, this program wouldn't happen without Municipal Solutions and their support. And I know, Tony, that you can speak to that a little bit more right now. Yes, uh, absolutely, Jody. Uh, it is great to have John Mutton and uh, Municipal Solutions as our presenting sponsor. They're an amazing group of people. They do some great work, mostly in the development services and project management area. So if you are uh, a subscriber to And Another Thing podcast and you need approvals for a development project or you need a permit that needs expediting, if you have planning services that need to be looked after with municipalities, if you need engineering services or architectural services, or if you just have a minor variance or land severance, sometimes these things can get overly complicated, but uh, Municipal Solutions makes it easy for you, including building permits, and uh, they are our go-to sponsor. When it comes to all of those Municipal Solutions needs, visit municipalsolutions.ca. And while I have your attention, we cannot forget PolyTrack. Chris and the gang at PolyTrack offer government relations professionals a secure hub to store uh, all of your advocacy data. This includes stakeholder contact details, engagement reports, and key messages. Advocacy data is at your fingertips, which means less compliance time and less reporting time, which means you spend time growing your business, which is what it's all about, folks. So visit PolyTrack with a Q. Uh, you mention and another thing podcast when you sign up you receive their white glove onboarding service free 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 including tutorial and q a for your team so all you gr pros out there check out polytrack.com and finally we are supported by the magnify video widget this means crisp clear secure video collaboration your way embed the solution or customize the Magnify video widget on your own website in minutes, or you can run it from your own browser on the Magnify app. It's easy and secure. Visit uh, Magnify with an I.io or check them out on Twitter at Magnify underscore IO. And last but not least, we got to give some love to an exclusive partnership that we have with Looney Politics. You can find them online at looneypolitics.com. Tons of political news all the time at your fingertips and exclusive content for subscribers. They got videos, they have podcasts, they have exclusive articles, and all you got to do is subscribe and use our code PODCAST and you'll get 50% off an annual subscription. Plus, get access to a podcast that you can only hear on Looney Politics involving myself and, of course, Tony Clement. All right, I am very excited for today's guest on this episode as we tackle an important topic, uh, all part of a bigger conversation that is going on right now 
in our country of Canada. Uh, this gentleman is a mentor in my life. He is one of my great, great friends. He is a minister. He travels around the world delivering encouragement and hope. He is a proud Mohawk who grew up right here in eastern Ontario on the Tyendinaga Mohawk Territory. Please welcome to the show, Mr. Barry Miracle. Hey, how you doing, guys? Fantastic. Barry, it's, uh, it's a great honor to have you on our show. Uh, great, great to be with you guys, except that uh, we started off this program a little rough. This whole thing about Montreal, oh, my word. Uh, <laughs> you didn't tell me he was a Montreal fan. <laughs> my yeah. Lord. Well, it's, uh, it's under the bus. It's a labor of love. What can I tell you? You know, it's great to see all those young guys out there. You know, Evans and uh, Caulfield and Suzuki. So I'm, I'm really excited Anderson. about it. And Price, good lord, what did you do with Price? Yeah, playoff carry is back. You know, I'm it doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. It's playoff carry. He's back. Barry, you're a proud Mohawk. We said that off the top, and an itinerant minister, meaning you travel around the world. Uh, speaking at various events and churches and uh, some really cool places. Could you unpack a little bit about uh, some of those travels and being a Mohawk and what that kind of has led you to? Uh, well, I guess I've been in all kinds of spheres and um, climates, and uh, I guess from Israel to China to um, all throughout South America or in South America and Central America, all across the United States and America. And we were just chatting just before we came on here, how that uh, in 2010, I went on a um, national journey with uh, a couple other native leaders. And like Jody said, I, I grew up on the Tandanega Mohawk territory. Um, my grandfather's first language was Mohawk. And and uh, anyway, he's a, he was a great man. We could talk about that later. But I... I um, went on this journey with uh, Chief Kenny Blacksmith, who is uh, the former Grand Deputy Chief of, of the Crees. And we uh, formed a, a team and we went across this nation to release, release a spirit of forgiveness and release forgiveness even to the government because in, on June, I think it was 11th of 2008, um, uh, Prime Minister Stephen Harper released yeah, an apology to the First Nations peoples across the, across the nation, uh, the Métis, the Inuit, and the First Peoples, you know, an apology for, you know, all the atrocities that happened in the Indian, uh, Indian schools where the residential schools where, where RCMP officers would show up and they would, you know, they would take, you know, two, three, four, five, seven-year-old children from their native communities and they would not see them for for months and, and some years. And so that apology that he gave, nobody responded. Nobody of any real, you know, there, there's a couple of people that stood up that day and said, thank you. But that was it. There was no accepting of the apology. So we felt it incumbent upon us to foster a way forward. And we know it is through forgiveness and hope in a in a better tomorrow. So we all we're trying to get people at the same table, and so we traveled like I flew like forty times in six months into resort, uh, um, reserves all across the nation and, and into the cities and churches and 
really just promoting freedom through forgiveness. Barry, I got to tell you, I was uh, sitting just a couple of seats away from Prime Minister Harper when he made that apology in the House of Commons. And uh, uh, I don't know whether this is sto- this story is well known or not, but uh, the original draft of that apology was, you know, written by a committee of bureaucrats or whatever. Right. And uh, Stephen Harper sort of took a look at that and, and threw it in the garbage and then wrote, from his own heart and his own soul and it was uh it was very very moving and uh i i I do believe that that apology you know it paved the way for the truth and reconciliation commission and it paved the way for a greater understanding by canadians of Mm -hmm. of what uh what the horrible history had been and um and still is to some extent because the survivors are still uh, dealing with these issues so i i really would love to to get your sense of where you think we are at obviously we've had this terrible revelation uh right it's not new news but it is something that pierced into the consciousness of of canada from yeah. the Kamloops uh, residential school so where do you think we are on on truth and reconciliation in this country yeah um so our hearts go out to you know the descendants uh, of these you know the, the the people that were connected to these families of these children that were found obviously and not an easy topic to touch on let alone dive deep into but to, you know on on may 27th there was a band-aid that was ripped off a, a festering wound and it, it brought back, you know, pain. It brought back the reality, you know, it brought back the 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 atrocities of the 6,000 uh, children that are still missing that went to the, of the 190,000 children that were taken, there, there was 6,000 of them that never returned and there's no real investigation that went on. And when the evidence is laid bare before us again, it's, it's opened up a wound in a fresh way, except it's been festering. And so where are we in, in this whole situation is we have a, a whole lot of responsibility and investigation that needs to go on. And, and, you know, and there's the RCMP are in there and, and they've started an investigation, which is good. But they're, you know, they're complicit in the whole issue because they're, they were part of the issue, you know, of, that would go on the territory. So it, 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 I think, Tony and Jody, we need an independent investigation. And I think that's what the Hague and the ICC may step in and actually do a, a true investigation. And I think it's incumbent upon the um, the government of Canada and the Catholic Church and even the Anglican Church, because they had about three dozen uh, residential schools as well, uh, the Anglicans, that is. But it, it would be really good for, for them to comply with somebody to do an, ind- whoever it may be that is agreed upon to do an in- independent investigation against atrocities uh, against humanity that actually happened. So I, I don't I don't know how that would play out. I'm not pretending to have all the answers. And I just want to, you know, on the record, say I'm not representing anybody. These are my own opinions. I, you know, I've done my own research. I've lived my own life. I've spoke to the, my, my own elders. I've, you know, I've been on this journey. I'm not I'm not a rookie, that's for sure. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not an expert, nor am I speaking for anybody else. I just want to go on the record with that.
No, for sure. And, and uh, I think that you've, you've given a, a very uh, soulful and considered response. And I guess my, my next question would be, uh, you know, where do we go from here? Uh, apart from the investigation, and, and, yeah. I, and, I, and I get that, and uh, obviously there'll be more revelations of more graves. There's no question yeah. about it. A lot of, a lot of these kids died of, uh, of neglect, but also of, uh, uh, you know, whatever, whatever influenza was going around, yeah. or tuberculosis, yeah. or goodness knows what. Yeah. But uh, you know, how do we, how do we take that pain? Yeah. That is now shared with many non-Indigenous Canadians. We I know. Share the pain. Uh, mm-hmm. How do we take that and and make it a force for true reconciliation? You know, and which 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 in my mind means uh, we never forget, but but there has to be an element of forgiveness. And how how does your faith uh, animate? how we as human beings should uh, should uh, deal with this situation well the the throne of god in in my tradition as the christian tradition the throne of god is based the foundation of it is justice and righteousness it's not judgment and anger it's not unforgiveness and i'll get you it's justice and it's righteousness righteousness is not holiness. Righteousness is a right alignment. So God is about a right alignment and things coming back into proper frequency. And he's all about justice. And justice doesn't have to mean judgment. And that's why Jesus came. The Bible says that Jesus came to save the world, not judge it. So I want to make it clear to you today, guys, and to your listeners, that I I know that at the end of the day, we have to find a way for hope to prevail, peace to happen, and love to permeate our society. We need to be for each other. And I, I, I could, we could do like a four-hour, you know, you know, study on all of this kind of stuff. And I can go, we can go back to 1613, where the original covenant that was ever made in this land between the Iroquois Confederacy and the Dutch government representing the European government, was made uh, near these shores right here in Canada, right here in Ganada, the village where we came together. And it's called the two-row wampum, which is the Gushwenta, uh, which is, the, you know, the two rows of the rivers of living water that we will float down together. Uh, and, and upon this river of life, we would flow together. And so this is the, this is the, the covenant that we need to go back to, the original covenant. Before there was, uh, you know, any treaties, other treaties made, there was a, a covenant made in this land that we would flow down the river of life together. And we would be like brothers, not like father and son, but we would be like brothers. And we would support each other and be there for each other. And we got to get back to these basic principles and I, you know, for my own First Nations people that would be listening to this, we we know, guys, that there needs to be justice, and you and and people need to see the justice, not just justice happen. We we need to see some things being actually actualized in in society where they're saying, "Aha, there it is." I can I notice that justice has been served, and, and it, so it needs to be seen. And we know that, brothers and sisters, and I, and, and and at the same time, we cannot allow the 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 hurt and the wound 
to eat us inside. We have to become bigger than. As fathers and mothers of this nation, as first peoples and gatekeepers of this nation, we have to rise up greater than and begin to release forgiveness. Forgiveness is is it must be released because if we don't forgive, if we hold bitterness in, if we hold resentment in, if we hold anger in, if we hold unforgiveness in, we will actually begin to be eaten up ourselves. And it's like us drinking the poison of unforgiveness and expecting the perpetrator to die. Don't let that happen to us as a people group. Barry, the TRC Truth and Reconciliation Commission obviously put together a very extensive document um, with a lot of action items. I'm curious, could you walk us through uh, your thoughts on that uh, TRC document and what it means to you, what you'd like to see? Well, you know, the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission that did, they did 94 um, things that they're suggested uh, that need to be done. And six of them were around residential schools. And, and, and this is for the government and for the Vatican to do, they suggested. And six of them were directly related to residential schools and, and burial of, of uh, First Nations children. And, and there hasn't any, been anything done. So how do we move forward uh, with the government when, when they're, it's fallen on deaf ears and nothing is being done? And two years ago, they had, an, an, you know, the missing indigenous women, you know, the two years ago, there was another, you know, study put out and there was, it fell on deaf ears again. But how do we get beyond the government and the institutions. We have to come back to our family morals and we need to just start this way. How do you do this? Smile at your neighbor. If you see he needs help, help him. It, it starts really, really individually as we begin to just treat each other the way that we want to be treated. We need to do unto others as we want them to do unto us. It's it, is it that simple, Tony and Jody? Is that that simple that we could just begin to be nice again and be family again and be for each other? I'm far more for things than I am against things. And, and, and I think if we could just start right there and beginning to be more neighborly and thinking more about our, our, about our neighbors and our, and our family members and more about our community than we do for ourselves, that would be a great place to start. Barry, there's a topic that um, I wanted you to unpack a little bit because I know you have some very strong feelings about what I'm about to bring up. And I know you and I have discussed this before, and, I, and, and let me preface this by saying um, I know that what you're about to say in response to my question isn't uh, you speaking on behalf of anyone. Uh, it's your opinion. I'm sure you'll say that further. But let's talk about this move with cancel culture, uh, eliminating names of sports teams, as an example, tearing down statues. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean... I, it doesn't matter what I say on this show. There will be some people that take, you know, <laughs> take my words out of context and all that kind of stuff. But you need to hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. Um, cancel the the whole culture. Cancel the whole cancel culture. Um, I am I am for freedom and liberty. I'm for 
uh, the ability to speak freely in this modified free enterprise system that we live within, which is becoming more socialist, so it seems. Uh, I, we haven't been a free enterprise system. Uh, country for a while uh, because the government has so much entanglement into it. But um, when I, I believe that these these sculptures or these statues and, and say, let's just say the one that's in Kingston of, of Sir John A. McDonald. I know there's people that want to rip that down. I know that they, they removed Sir John A. McDonald's name from one of the law buildings and which, you know, I, um, one of my sons had a, a um, an opinion in that and was one of the, the law students that was asked to be in, in on the uh, on the discussion of that. And but here's my opinion. I don't think we do anybody any good by just tearing it down and, and, and just canceling history. And, and removing the the bad memory because it's always there. I think what we need to do is come along and maybe put another statue up that tells the rest of the story. Uh, and, and if you want to get into native, you know, you know, some of the teams like the the Redskins. In in if you like, they, they were celebrating us as being warriors. There was nothing. You know, the Washington Redskins, I want I actually want to, you know, see if I can get the rights to that, because for, for us as First Nations people, most of the First Nations that grew up on the territory didn't care. It didn't bother them. It seems like it's, a, it's some some people, it seems like and I'm not and, and please hear what I'm saying and not what I'm not saying. But I think some people, you know, come in after the fact and they maybe, you know, move back to the reserve and then they just wanted to be, you know, wanted to embrace all of what they missed. And I think some of these people are actually speaking for a lot, a lot of the mass majority of First Nations people that really didn't think it's so bad. I mean, the Cleveland Indians one, if they could fix up the, the mascot's nose a little bit and, and make them look more like a warrior, I think I'd be better with that. But here's another deal. Check this one out, Tony. Yeah. Uh, the word Indian, a lot of people have a problem with it. I don't. I call myself an Indian. And, and all of a sudden, you got me, everybody writing me off right now. Hang on a sec. Just listen to the rest of what I'm saying. Okay. It came from the term Indios. When, when actually Christopher Columbus came to this continent, he looked at the people and saw the, how close they were to Mother Earth and how close they were and how good they were in community. And they say they must be Indios or they must be in God. So that's the other that's the other side of that story. So is you know some of these things and communication is lacking and a lot of all of what we're talking about there's a lot of miscommunication going on. There's so much of that Barry and um it, it you know obviously uh there's a lot more history uh, that has to be learned not just the standard history that I learned in school 40 years ago but uh, new new revelations and new perspectives that's all good but uh, I, I, I for one agree with you you can't erase history you have to build on history and, and have these other perspectives uh, thinking about that uh, you mentioned at the outset of the show your grandfather mm -hmm. what what specifically did you learn from your grandfather what sort of a man was he? Well, he was, uh, he was, uh, um, where do I begin? When he was two, 
he has all he had all of a grade two education. When he went to school, he was beaten every day for speaking his Mohawk language. So then he just ran away. His mom died at his birth. His father died when he was like, I think, 12. And he raised himself um, uh, in all kinds of different adventures and stories. And how he even survived is, is, was a miracle in itself. And and uh, Mohawk was his first language, and he he taught us about the traditions, and he spoke to us about the Agetnigunra, uh, which is the Mohawk word for your mind. And Agetnigunra, uh, actually, the best translation is that which watches over me. And he taught us about having a good mind, and and how that we have to everything that we do, we must be preparing for seven generations. That's like 280 years. You know, I, I know some people that have 100-year legacy plans, and those are fantastic people, and that's great. But the Mohawk and the Iroquois, the Mohawk, the Onondaga, the Cuga, the, Sen the Seneca, and the Oneida, the Tuscarora, the, the Six Nations Iroquois Confederacy, we would teach our people that everything you do today will affect seven generations ahead. And we are always thinking that way. So, you know, he'd tell us all kinds of moral stories, uh, you know, parables and in, in the Mohawk language and uh, all that kind of stuff. But I tell you, uh, when he was 21 years of age, he he was traveling on the the tracks um, up and down throughout America and the United States. And he was gambling. He packed a gun. He, he you know, was all he was a gambler and all that kind of stuff. And then and then at the age of 21. He came to a place where he heard the message about Jesus Christ, and he actually gave his heart to God and began a, a journey of, of the miraculous and stories that would confound you and, and make you cry and, and uh, make you believe and, and hope again and dream again. Wow. And this is what I want to, uh, you know, as we're, you know, I don't know how much more time we have, but I really want. I really want to release into everybody listening today a, a grace, an ability, an enablement to dream again, to believe again, and to hope again. I believe personally, guys, that our best days can yet be ahead of us. Yes, the atrocities that we're seeing and the Band-Aid that's ripping off and the festering wound, all these kind of things, they, they have to be dealt with. But, but I want you to let you know that God knew that these things were going to happen, and God put a grace in there. And I want to say to you that there is a, a greater grace coming because of the atrocities to bring out uh, a better day. There's a greater grace that is being made available to us in this nation if we will have the audacity in the midst of this valley to begin to believe in the dream of our nation again. That's a very, very powerful message, Barry. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. Yeah. 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 Thanks so much, Barry. I certainly echo Tony's sentiment about the power of that message. And yeah, we are very thankful for you taking the time to join us on this episode. Thanks, yeah, Barry. Well, bless you guys, and thanks for what you're doing. Uh, really appreciate your broadcast and your podcast, and uh, keep up the good work. Ask the hard questions, guys. You got it. Barry, before we let you go for real this time, I should mention you also host a very large podcast called Wake Up Into Your Dream, I believe, and 
It's available on your website, barrymiracle.ca. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Wake up in your dream and it's on the CPN. It's, you can, any, any, anywhere you find podcasts, just type Barry Miracle or wake up into your dream. And I, and I just talk about the original dream that you came into this realm as a dream wrapped in flesh as a, a solution, not a problem to be solved. So we're, 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 we're solutions and dreamers at the core of us, and we've came into this realm as an answer, not a, not a problem to be solved. Mm. Barry, thanks so much for doing this today. We really appreciate it, and we wish you nothing but the best this week. You too, guys. Thanks, Barry. Yeah, go Leafs, go. <laughs> Some year. Some year. There you go, Barry Miracle. You can find him online at barrymiracle.ca. Tony, some very interesting statements from him on a very serious situation, and I certainly appreciate what he had to say. I, I really enjoyed uh, listening to him, and uh, I had I hadn't uh, I'll say to, to the audience I hadn't really known much about Barry before the show. Uh, this was Jody Jody's recommendation to have him on, but I'm very glad that we did listen to him. And it shows, you know, uh, look, human beings, they're very varied. Uh, There's no monolithic point of view in the indigenous community. There's no monolithic point of view uh, in uh, the the white community or or wherever. And uh, I just think that it's important that we talk these things out. Because if 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 we yell at each other and talk past one another, there's no true reconciliation in that. No easy answers for sure, and I'm quite confident in saying that this topic will continue to be discussed for some time moving forward, and uh, I think you'd agree, Tony, I don't think it's leaving the headlines anytime soon. Uh, Quickly want to shout out to Looney Politics. Don't forget to go see their site, looneypolitics.com. You can get exclusive content. Become an annual subscriber and save 50% off your subscription just by using the code PODCAST. And you will have access to a podcast that we do that you cannot hear anywhere else. And that's at looneypolitics.com. So make sure you go check that out. And Tony, I know you want to thank our presenting sponsor, Municipal Solutions. And uh, we thank Municipal Solutions. And uh, you can find them at municipalsolutions.ca. We also thank our other sponsors, Polytrack at polytrack.com and Magnify at Magnify with an I uh, underscore uh, dot IO or Twitter Magnify underscore IO. Another great episode, Tony. Looking forward to doing this again in seven days. Enjoy the rest of your week. Absolutely.